Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Absolute sports betting degeneracy. Hey everybody, Arch here and it is Saturday morning. Sex Panther, what's going on? Man, it's September. It's season of change. And here we are on a Saturday, and things will be changing. This is not a temporary thing. This is a, at least for the rest of this year thing, permanent thing. I've been promoted to the two chair. <laughs> Max is going to join Saxy on a Sunday NFL show. Things are changing. So we do not have a guest today. We have a permanent third chair fighting Phil. What's going on? Man, third chair. What an honor. What an absolute honor to be here with you guys. Saturday mornings, man. This is great. College football is is in full swing, and we got two Notre Dame fans in here. It could not be better. You're, you're regretting it a little bit, right, when the alarm went off? I regretted it a lot this morning. I was very, <laughs> very busy in the book club last night, uh, late night getting out Formula One and college football and all the racing stuff. It was a late night for old Speedway Steve. Ooh, ooh. We should talk about college football. I mean, you posted all your picks. Panther, you had the zoo, so we're, we're we're loaded up on college football, so we're really not going to touch it on today's episode, except Sex Panther, there's a story you wanted to talk about. Oh my God, Like it's the greatest day of my life. I've been clamoring since I was a teenager, why don't we have more teams in the playoffs? I'm one of those fighters for the mid-majors, like they deserve a seat at the table, you can beat their ass in the regular season, why can't you beat their ass at a tournament? And we finally get it. 12 teams starting in 2026. Almost assuredly guarantees Notre Dame will stay independent. Kind of a sidebar there. But um, they might, you know, the president's pushed it over to the commissioners to implore them to try and get it done. uh, That we can start playing 12 teams by 2024, but no later than 2026. I am absolutely stoked. We get more meaningful football because Phil, you're a diehard college football guy like myself. These these bowl games are fucking shit, man. Now we get more meaningful football. You're stoked, right? I am beyond excited. Um, you know, I think 16 is probably the the sweet spot, but 12 is is great. That allows some buys, and it also allows Notre Dame, like you said, to stay independent and stay relevant every year. Um, you know, we're almost a shoe in, you know, even, even if we lose, um, you know, to Ohio state in a year like, like this, uh, granted, you know, we have to wait a, a couple years, but this is perfect for us. We don't have to be undefeated. This is great. Why does it keep Notre Dame independent? Just because of the, the bowl of the, the playoff money rolls in. Well, okay. So one, we had to beat, we had to basically be undefeated or our one loss had to be more impressive than say the, the big 12 or the pac 12. Now, instead of fighting, there's not even technically one at large bid. Um, now you have like six or seven at large bids. We just got to fill one of those slots. It's a win for everybody because you know, there's more open spots for a team like Notre Dame. There's now more open spots for say the loser of the sec title game or, or a team that sometimes didn't even get in that fluke season where 
Alabama didn't even make it to the SEC title game. Well, now you're not going to have as much bitching and crying because, oh, look, Georgia got in and Alabama got in. It's like they both deserve to get in, so quit your whining. Um, but, yeah, Notre Dame, as an independent, they get the, all that money from the NBC contract, which they've got another one in the works. This will almost guarantee that they sign that deal with NBC. They don't have to share that money with any of the other um you know, teams that are in member conferences, all that money that they get from bowl games, all that TV revenue gets shared. But the biggest thing for Notre Dame, the reason they want to stay independent, they don't want to be regional. They want to go out to California and recruit. They want to go to Texas. This year, they're making a big play um, with the state of Nevada. They're playing BYU in Las Vegas. They're bringing UNLV to town, to South Bend. Um, so th that's what's the most important to Notre Dame is they have a coast-to-coast a -coast presence. Bill? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that that's that hits the nail on the head. Um it just, in my opinion, it, those extra at-large bids make it so we don't have to be, like Panther said, undefeated or, or have a loss to one of the top two or three teams in the country. It allows a slip. Um, so this is great. I mean, and plus you get to see better teams like Baylor uh, last year probably would have been in and just Utah. Yeah, yeah Utah. So you know, there's always going to be an argument for teams on the bubble. So now it'll be those 13, 14, 15th ranked teams, but it assures that the best teams are in. We are going to see good football in the playoff. So yeah. that that's great. I mean, my only argument against the playoffs where these guys are amateurs, not playing for money, and you're asking them just to play more and more and more. They're not pros, but now, you know, now this is a much easier nil to swallow. Well, they're not they're not pros, but the, the nil to kind of took away the money argument and yep. college football has been about money for 40 years or longer. This is all about money. And that's why they did it now. The big question was, well, why now? And they're like, listen, the last two years of the college football playoff for, for uh, 25 and 26, they estimated they were leaving 450 million dollars on the table by not having a playoff. That's why they're like, "Look, we need to do it now, and we want to try and get it in by 2024." Um, and the other thing you were talking about, like I said, I'm a bit advocate for the, the mid majors with all this conference shakeup. I think a 12-team playoff slows that down. We were concerned about what happens with the Big 12 where Cincinnati and Houston might actually be the, the class of the conference. Well, that conference now matters. The Pac-12 losing USC and UCLA, that conference still now matters because there's something to play for and you got to keep track of them. So I think this is a win-win. I can't even find a negative in this whole scenario. All right. Phil, any final thoughts? No, no, I just I, I could not be in more lockstep with with Panther, which All is right. a strange thing to say. But <laughs> I, we are in complete agreement here. This is a good thing. Nice. All right. So we go from Panther, you being absolutely certain to questions about the NFL from transitioning over to the NFL. I asked you guys, since it's almost here, what are your biggest questions going into the NFL 2022 season? Panther, what's yours? You know, I think we could I could do an hour show, particularly with Phil and, and Arch. There's there's so many questions in the NFL this year. But for me, I had to pick one. And for me, it starts with the Green Bay Packers. You know, Aaron Rodgers on back-to-back -back MVP seasons, back-to-back -back being the one seed in, in the NFC. And now no Devontae Adams, no Vantes Scantling. They're bringing in, you know, Alan Lazard is now 
considered the quote-unquote new number one. They bring in Sammy Watkins, an unrestricted free agent from Baltimore. Randall Cobb, I think Randall Cobb's been in the league as long as you know Serena and Venus have been playing tennis. <laughs> um, it, it's just this is the question mark. Now I expect. Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers. I don't think it really matters who the receivers are. They did go get uh, two rookies in the draft, um, Chris, uh, Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs uh, should have some some playmaking ability here. But uh, for me, the offense, are they going to rely more on you know Aaron Jones and uh, A.J. Dillon? Um, does that defense really have to step up? Are we going to see that? 30-point-per-game offense that we've seen out of Green Bay. Those are the questions that I have. Now, I think Aaron Rodgers probably throws it as much as he always has, but I, I do think this offense just regress a little bit until they find some chemistry. And I'm not going to judge him on week one, right? Rodgers didn't play, and we saw what they did last year in week one when they went down to New Orleans and got absolutely <laughs> bitch-slapped. Um, but I, I'm not going to say that's like, Green Bay's preseason game, week one, is the way I look at it. But two, three, four, those weeks, I'm going to be looking really closely to see how Green Bay's playing. Um, that's my big question for the NFL season. Phil, so what what do you think about Green Bay? I, I um, You know, Kyle and I talked about it a little mm-hmm. bit on, on Out of Bounds, but uh, this is a Green Bay team where it looks like the skill of the defense has surpassed the the skill of the offense. So I think this is kind of a, a, a weird year up there in Wisconsin where the defense can carry the team and then Rogers just has to do enough to win. Now Rogers is a wizard. I mean, he has done a lot with a little, you know, for a lot of his career besides Devonte Adams. Uh, but you take away that piece and now who does he lean on? So I do think, and and I made a play on Aaron Jones, over rushing and receiving yards for, you know, uh, like a gambling angle. But I, I think Aaron Jones is this guy. I think Randall Cobb, he, he trusts Randall Cobb. So I'm not saying that that Cobb is going to light it up, but I, I think that Rodgers is more than capable of taking these pieces and making it function and then being able to rely on the defense a little bit. So I don't think it's just go out there and score more than the other team, which is the goal, you know. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I don't think you have to put up 40 I think they can win some games, you know, 24 to 17 or something this year where it's going to be a different Green Bay, but I think it'll be a functional Green Bay. I agree with you, Panther. This is a good question. Uh, I'm just looking at this wide receiver core and I don't I have no idea who the number one option for Rodgers is going to be. Uh, Watkins is there. You throw Watkins out because he won't be healthy half the time. He'll have a good week one and that's it. Exactly. (laughs) Then he'll, He'll have a nagging injury for the rest of the season. It quite honestly, might be Robert Tanyan or Aaron Jones might be his go-tos. You think so? I, I mean, we'll see how Lazard. I mean, Lazard is the big, the, the one that I'm looking at. He he's the one that is going to step in in um, you know Devontae's shoes. He's he's going to be the left wide receiver. Watkins can't stay healthy. Randall Cobb can't stay healthy. Maybe these rookies step up. I think maybe that's where the, the the growth is. Aaron really bitched last year about how they didn't get him any assets. And so this time they get him well, actually three wide receivers. I don't know how Samori Torre will, will factor in. He's third on the depth chart at the slot position. But um, yeah, I, I think you're going to see more. He, Tanyan got a lot of play last year. And Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are both very capable uh, pass catchers out of the backfield. And I think we probably see a little bit more of that. But like Phil said, Aaron Jones, a 
or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers is a gunslinger, man. He he's gonna want to push that ball. He's gonna want to throw it deep. Uh, so if Sammy can stay healthy and, and still has his wheels about him, <laughs> Lazard get down the field. They're going to test the, that uh, secondary of the opponents. All right, Phil, what was your biggest question going into the NFL season? Well, if if anybody is listening out of bounds, they all know that I have a bit of a man crush on Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, since our, our episode is aired, mm-hmm. you know, Jimmy didn't get traded. Nope. Jimmy didn't get cut. Nope. Jimmy hasn't moved. So, you know, what is what is happening with Jimmy G and the 49ers? Is he going to be there all year? Um, my guess is that they didn't cut him so that Seattle couldn't get him because there, there is there is mm-hmm. trouble in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a division team. They probably didn't want to see him end up there. They probably would have been a willing trade partner. So they, you know it makes sense that they wouldn't trade him within the division. But what do you guys think? Where do you see Jimmy ending up? He may actually spend the entire year there. The Jimmy signing, I don't think had anything to do with Trey Lance, but it might've had to do with seventh round draft pick Brock Purdy. He was the only other quarterback on roster. Um, So without, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, they didn't have a viable backup. And I think that might be where Garoppolo, but here's the thing. So we're hearing these rumors where he's not practicing. He doesn't have a playbook. Man, this Jimmy Garoppolo thing has been a just a burning question mark since the end of last year. I don't know what they're doing with this guy. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so my theory that Brock Purdy's not ready it had any value. Wouldn't Jimmy at least be taking some snaps and have a freaking playbook? But he, yeah, allegedly he doesn't. Arch, make sense out of this for me. I, I, if I had to guess, I'm thinking San Francisco's decided to sit back and see who's the first starting quarterback who goes down. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, the phone's going to ring and just say, hey, how you doing? <laughs> that, I, I can't imagine anything else. They can't carry uh, Garoppolo the whole season. Uh, I just don't see it. I just don't see why they would. Unless, you know, Phil, you've been a little bit down on Trey Lance. Do you think Trey Lance is going to be a bust? Um, I, I do. I, I don't like anything about Trey Lance. Um, Everybody seems to be pretty high on him, but the truth is we don't know what to expect. I mean, you know, in in the preseason game where he played the whole first half, he looked terrible, and the offense had had no rhythm, no movement, and and Jimmy is a proven winner in this offense. So, you know, I think you're right that San Francisco is waiting for the first injury, but the first injury may be in San Francisco with, <laughs> with Trey Lance, you know, running himself into some trouble. So, who knows, man? But I am I'm rooting for Jimmy. I, I think he can win in, in whatever offense, whatever system. He does make some boneheaded plays, Arch. I, I know that's where you're going next. But yeah, I mean it, it just doesn't make sense that a, a guy his talent um, you know, doesn't have a job when there's two guys with no talent in Seattle that have a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. My joke is always that Jimmy is good for one catastrophic, just absolutely catastrophic play per game. Have yeah. to agree. Yeah. And probably holding on to the ball too long, which seems to do his uh, his faux pas there. You know, I'm looking at the, the 49ers depth chart. I, I think they're really going out of their way to protect Trey Lance. He only, there's only five wide receivers on on the depth chart, four tight ends, and four running backs. So I think they're going out of their way to make sure Trey Lance does not get hit. Like it? It'll be interesting to see. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Uh, my big question 
for the going into the NFL season is what do the Miami Dolphins look like? This was a complete uh, just disaster in Miami. It really was. They didn't have the worst record, but in my mind, looking at the stats, that offensive line might have been the worst in the NFL. They allowed more pressures on their quarterback than anybody else. He had to, uh, Tua had to throw in the shortest amount of time, and they basically were just RPO every play, every play RPO. They didn't even run a real offense just to do that. And then the um, the coach uh, Brian Flores wanted to get rid of Tua. So they got rid of Brian Flores. They've revamped the whole team. They put tools around Tua. I have no idea what this team is going to look like at all, Panther. You know, I, I the question obviously starts with Tua, but I think it goes beyond that. I think, you know, it starts with Mike McDaniel, the new head coach, and what he's bringing to the table. I believe he came over from San Francisco. Is that correct? Um, it's Tua's it's hard to play. I can't imagine trying to be the starting quarterback, knowing your head coach is betting against you is trying to run you out of town, trying to make a trade to get Deshaun Watson, uh, all that stuff that was going on in Miami. I think that maybe is cleared up. You get rid of that nonsense. You bring in Tyreek Hill. You've got Jalen Waddle. Um, they've got decent running backs, right? Chase Edmonds uh, had a good year last year. They brought in Raheem Mostert from San Francisco, and they still have uh, Miles Gaskin. So I think the talent is there to be successful. Uh, they're in the right com- or the right division. I mean, they'll get their ass handed to them by Buffalo, but I think this team can beat the Jets. They can beat New England. Uh, this is a on paper they look like a better than five hundred team, but I, it's Tua still under the spotlight. Because bringing in Teddy Bridgewater, we've liked Teddy pretty much anywhere he's gone. He was good in New Orleans. He was good in Carolina. He was better than average in Denver. Uh, he steps in. Tua could be out of a job if he doesn't perform early. Yeah, complete agreement. Complete agreement. Um, it had to be tough for Tua last year, like you said, with a, a, a coach that was, you know, not so secretly, you know, trying to get rid of you. Um Although I don't blame him, it it feels like you know Deshaun it would have been a huge upgrade in talent, you know all his side stuff notwithstanding. Um, but you go and get a, a a veteran with some winning pedigree in Teddy Bridgewater, so you know Tua still can't relax. Um, but you know you, Tyreek Hill, you've got some weapons on offense. Uh, Jalen Waddle, you've got a revamped line. I like the the talent on this Dolphins team. Uh, who knows what they're actually going to look like? Like Panther said, you're in the right division because you still have the the Patriots that are, you know, still trying to figure out who they are. It's a it's a very winnable situation. Besides, you know, Buffalo, the the elephant in the room. <laughs> I, I I don't think two is any good. Uh, I just, you know, I, I don't think his skill set translates to the NFL. I, I don't think he can make all the throws. So I, I'm I'm interested. I, I I hope Teddy, you know. Gets a shot because I I think he could make the the offense go. All right. Well, that's enough of that. NFL coming soon. Can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Time to take a breather. Should we talk about the book club for a second? Do it. Yeah. So, Phil, you've got all your college. I mean, I I tried to read it all, but I fell asleep reading it. It was just so Uh, long. All your college football plays are out there in the book club. Yeah. Off to a a little 13-6-2 start so far in college football this year. Hmm. Not bad. Panther, are you posting your... uh, your your full slate. Uh, I will po- I will post a full slate. You know what Zebra and I did ours on on the zoo. I posted three games last night. Hmm. 
Um, but my big takeaway, you know, that that TCU game, <laughs> Zebra and I in agreement, we're one and oh. There you go. Love it. Love it. Um we have uh UFC. I posted the UFC card. We're gonna have baseball, of course. We'll post the full card there. Bill, you've posted all your NASCAR plays in the book club? I have. I have, in- including some uh, some articles that I wrote yesterday. So right. we we're we're full. I'm actually sweating out some Formula One qualifying while we're on the air. Oh wow. Look at that. <laughs> We are we are quite literally entering the best time of the year sports wise. Like it, this is this is when it gets great. It is, and it's all in the book club stuff we can't get to on the podcast stuff we don't have time to do on the podcast. It's all in the book club in the pick section. We're doing pretty well over there, I think. Pretty well. And there's a three day free trial. Oh right, a free three day trial. So follow the link, do it, check it out, see if you like it or not. It's a perfect time right now to do it. So what would Max say? Book it over to the book book club. To the book club. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, baseball. Let's get to work. What are we betting on today, Panther? <sighs> I came up with four games in the shit show of a shit show. Uh, let's start off with Cincinnati. We're going to double dip. I hit on the Reds yesterday. But one of my favorite and least favorite pitchers, Nick Lodolo, is on the mound for Cincinnati uh, about as bipolar as they come, but man, he is incredible at home. Colorado still sucks on the road. Lodolo is a bona fide staff ace when he's pitching at home at minus 125. This is an easy play for me. Give me the Reds for $10. I'm not going to lie to you, boys. I didn't look at the, the baseball card whatsoever. <laughs> um, so, hey, man, moral support. Go Reds. There you go. I love your play. I love the Reds an awful lot here too. Uh, minus one twenty three twenty four. That's not too big of an ask. I'm jumping on it with you. We'll just call it a, a de facto kiss of death because Phil agrees. Give me I'm the <laughs> give me the Reds for fifteen bucks. Oh, next game up for me. You know, you listen to the daily podcast. We talk about Chicago White Sox. We're talking about getting rid of Tony Larusa for a while. Now they didn't get rid of him in in the most professional ways. He just kind of got sick, and he's. That's uh, taking care of some some kind of illness down now, do in we know uh, Arizona. That, do we know that nobody poisoned him? Well, I mean, look, it, it might have been in their best interest because they're undefeated <laughs> without Tony Larusa. Uh, listen, I'm riding this train, even though my boy Tyler Mail's coming off the IL. Um, no rehab. I don't believe he did any rehab. He might have done one game, but he'll pitch for the Twins today. But the White Sox. At home with Dylan Cease on the mound, 2.27 ERA. Dude's an absolute stud on 190 strikeouts in 147 innings. This is one hell of a pitcher's duel. But the way the White Sox are trending, I said, watch out. Here they come. And I think they get another check mark today. Give me the White Sox at home for 10 bucks. Yeah, I'm just looking at the line here. My knee-jerk reaction is it feels like the White Sox are too cheap. So um, I would be inclined to play the white Sox as well all right there you go i'm leaning the white Sox pretty hard with you but it's not a bet i really wanted to jump on so all the all the support in the world 
All right, next game up for me. Again, we talked about this in the book club a little bit. I think it's Iceberg that said the Minesweepers are making him some cash, and they're taking on the Cleveland Gardenians. Took care of them yesterday. Robbie Ray going to take the mound for Seattle. I can't even pronounce his name. Xavion Curry. The last name Curry, I think he should probably be on the hardwood, but he'll be pitching today with his 5.4 ERA. I, I don't know anything about this kid, honestly. I didn't look into him, but I do know a lot about Cy Young Award winner Robbie Ray. He's a strikeout machine, and Seattle right now is on fire. This is a team that is playing like they want to be in the playoffs. They've given up a grand total of seven runs in their last five games, and they are scoring minus 165, maybe a little high, but – I don't care. Give me the minesweepers for 10 bucks. Yeah. Go, moral support, brother. Moral support. It's moved a shitload, if this is accurate. Minus 125 up to minus 165. Yeah. Looks like everybody's jumping on that. Yeah. I'm leaning the Mariners. It's just a little too high for me. Man, if you can find me that minus 125. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Go Because <laughs> I was buying it at 165. All right. Last game up for me. This one's actually moved a little bit, too. We're going to look at Houston. At Los Angeles, you know, I faded the – well, I didn't really fade them. I just didn't bet it. Uh, I, I didn't like that line yesterday. The Astros still won anyway against the Angels. They've won four in a row now. Uh, Jordan Alvarez, absolute stud, can't stay on the field. He got injured again, and they're being a little hush-hush about the injury. I still think going against my, my favorite pitch – I love Shohei Otani. If you're watching baseball and you don't love what this guy is doing, he's not – breaking records he's like setting records records that never even existed a guy that hit 30 home runs and 100 strikeouts in one season you know just things that have never happened before uh otani is doing i love otani but i'm getting astros with a plus line i can't pass that up give me houston uh plus 115 for 10 bucks yeah i mean i you know there's all this talk about who the mvp is and you know whether it's aaron judge or you know, whether there's voter fatigue on on Shohei, there's nobody more valuable than this guy. I mean, he, like you said, he is doing things that nobody has ever done before. And I am so excited for him to get paid. Um, but I'm excited for us to get paid today. I think Houston's the right side. Uh, whenever whenever Shohei's on the, the, the mound, the value switches to the other side because he is just such a public guy. Everybody loves backing him. Um, so, I feel like Houston's a sharp side. Let's do it. Houston. Yeah, agree with you 100%. It looks like I'm just going to take the plus line, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whoever has a plus line in this series. Uh, I'm jumping on Houston with you, Panther. Uh, plus 115. I like that. I like the way the line opened, too. It was uh, Houston minus 111, and now they're plus 115 against, as Phil pointed out, a very public pitcher. I love it. I think we're on the right side. 15 bucks on the Astros. Love it. Those are my four plays. Phil, no action for you? Uh, no, but I just asked for some from the book club, and uh, Iceberg never, never lets us down. He wants to talk about the San Francisco and the uh, the Phillies game. He's on the San Francisco money line. I tend to agree here. I'm I'm just doing a, a, a quick peek. Cindergard's on the mound. He has been just getting just battered around. Last time out against the Pirates, he went five and two-thirds, gave up nine hits, five earned. He just hasn't been very sharp since coming over to Philly, and I think – the early success, the early win decisions that he got kind of kind of covered up the, the blemishes. Uh, he puts a lot of balls in play. He's walking some guys. I like it. I'm, I'm with the iceberg. I'm on the San Francisco money line here. Ooh. Sounds like he's uh, the Jimmy G of pitchers. Stop yeah. it. Man, if the Phillies might be the Jimmy G of 
baseball teams. In their last four games, they've given up 13, 12, and 13 runs. Three out of four games, they've given up that many runs. This is not the kind of uh, pitching you want to see from a playoff team. The Phillies are not playing well. The offense cannot put enough runs to outscore the pitching than the number of runs the pitching's given up. Uh, I don't like. I'm I'm off the Phillies. They they pissed me off after yesterday. So uh, moral support. I'll lean the Giants. Here. Yes, I am on the Giants. That was going to be my last play. I like the Giants uh, plus one hundred eight. I think there's a little bit of value there. So let's do it. I'll jump off this cliff and uh, you know bet the team that's been incredibly bipolar all year. <laughs> Give me the Giants. Fifteen bucks. That- you're all done, right? So yeah, I'm all done. Up. Phil, you're good. I'm I'm ready for college football. Let's do this thing. There you go. Uh, let's see here. Some comments. Uh, Iceberg says Jimmy is not that good, and the 49ers are my team. Strong disagree. I think Jimmy G's good. I think he just it's one of those situations where he needs to just get out of dodge. There are plenty of teams that could use a, a starting quarterback. Um, you know. Seattle is the first one that comes to mind, but obviously they're going to be loath to trade within their own division or waive him so Seattle can claim him. But uh, Jimmy G is, is a he's, – he's not a Hall of Famer. He's not one of the top ten, but he's better than probably 12 other quarterbacks in the league. Mm, yeah, better than Matt Ryan, right? No. <laughs> Maybe 10 years ago, Matt Ryan. Oh, I, that's I know. There, I'm not, I'm not on, on the Matt Ryan bandwagon, sorry. <laughs> I have to be. I, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. I the flag. I'm a Colts yeah, fan. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matty Ice. Yeah, you know, something we didn't talk about yesterday, and, we, and we're not on, nobody's on this game again today, but the Yankees are in the, in the path of becoming a wild card team. The, the Rays beat them yesterday. They're in the middle of a three game series with the Rays. If they get swept by the Rays, it's a three game lead that they're nursing to the finish line. The Yankees are in trouble. Yeah. Look at that. Five games. Five games right now. I'm trying to find their playoff odds real quick. Still, they're going to make the playoffs, no they're doubt. They're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. But look at that. The wild card odds keep bumping up and up and up. Oh, boy. God, can you imagine if somebody, when we were talking preseason or uh, midseason, we were lo- looking at these, if somebody would have jumped on Tampa to win the division. I mean, those odds had to be astronomical. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Fantastic. Uh, Iceberg says, hell no, Matt is better. Thank you, Iceberg. There you go. There you go. What do we talk about today? We talked about the NFL and all our big questions. Jimmy G, Green Bay, Miami, our biggest questions going into the season. We talked about college football. There's a new playoff in town. And it, it, what, it saves Notre Dame from having to worry. I guess they're going to be independent for the rest of our lives. And we talked about baseball. Phil, any final thoughts? No, man, I, I would just say join the book club. Uh, you get the three-day free trial. It's 25 bucks a month. There is just so much action in there. So if you're listening to this show, you're a degenerate. That's where you belong. We would love to have you. Absolute cash cow. I mean, it doesn't matter what you guys are talking about. We're hitting early college football. We're hitting darts. We're hitting you know racing. Uh, it, it's a cash cow. For 25 bucks, you'll get your money back in the first you know, week. Uh, but here, we're going to get out of here with a pan, well, D-Gen parlay. So, Phil, you brought us San Francisco. You and Iceberg agreed, and Arch jumped on it. I'm going to grab San Francisco for you on that play. Arch, you and I agreed on Cincinnati and Houston. 
So I'm going to put those in there. That's going to be your parlay for the day. The DJ parlay, San Francisco, Cincinnati, and Houston. We're hanging out on Facebook. We're on Twitter. But, guys, it's the book club. If you're not in there, you are absolutely missing out. Get in there. Take your three-day trial. Shoot the shit with us. Call us out by name. Phil doesn't sleep. He's in there 24-7. You just pipe in Philly the kid and he'll talk to you but um, let us know what you did over the week what you're doing today but at the end of the day when it's all said and done go Irish and make some money fools information on this podcast may not be construed to offer any kind of investment advice or recommendations under no circumstances will the owners operators or guests of this podcast be held responsible for damages related to its content Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.